Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Awake to Oneness Radio. I am Caroline Chang, your host. The mission of Awake to Oneness Radio is to inspire the world to awaken to the universal truth of oneness. Science and spirituality are telling us that we are all connected, that we are all one. What you do to another person, you're literally doing to another aspect of yourself. And so when mankind awakens to the truth of oneness, there will be peace on earth. Today's show topic is Tears to Triumph with Marianne Williamson. Marianne is the best-selling author of 13 books. Her latest book, the, uh, uh, Tears to Triumph, was just recently released. And um, she will be talking about her book tonight. Um, she has six books that have been on the New York Times bestseller list, and four of those books have been number one. I, I like to welcome Marianne to Awake to Oneness Radio. Marianne, welcome to Awake to Oneness Radio. It's lovely to be here. Thank you, thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. I am so honored to have you. I am very familiar with your work. Um, I am just, like I said, I'm just honored that you're with us tonight. And I love your work. And you, you inspire so many with your wonderful books. I would just like, I know there are a few, might be a few listeners out there who might not be familiar with you. So if you could just give us a brief introduction of your, uh, of your journey with the listeners that may not be familiar. Well, I'm a student of a set of books called The Course in Miracles, and I started lecturing on the course over 30 years ago. Uh, The Course in Miracles is not a religion. It is a psychological mind training based on universal spiritual themes, and it, it trains the mind to relinquish a thought system based on fear and to accept instead a thought system based on love. And much as you were saying a few minutes ago, the Course says that we are one, that obviously within this three-dimensional plane of existence, we are separate. But the Course in Miracles says that this plane of existence is itself like a veil of illusion in front of a truer truth. And in that truer truth, there's no place where you stop and I start, which is the level of spirit. In fact, The Course in Miracles says we are like waves in the ocean thinking we are separate from other waves. But in fact, of course, there's no place where one wave can stop and another starts. So that's what we are like in spirit. We are actually one with each other. And much as you said, what I do to you, I'm doing to myself. (coughs) Excuse me. So unlike in the world where what I give away, I no longer have, In A Course in Miracles, it says what I give away is what I get to keep. And what I withhold from others, I withhold from myself. And living from a place of of spirit identification rather than body identification, where we do experience ourselves because of that understanding that we are one, is 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 a completely different psychological and emotional orientation. And it allows us to be 
comfortable in our skin and it allows us to be peaceful, allows us to live lives where we have a sense of who we are, what our relationship is to the universe, to each other, to a divine creator, and to life itself and and some sense of mission and purpose here. And outside that understanding, we are tense and anxious and depressed and don't know what we're doing and and terrified, actually. I mean, if you were one wave in the ocean and you thought you were separate from all the other waves, how would you not be terrified of the ocean? So that's that's what I've been talking about, much in line philosophically, exactly what you were saying. Um, and everything I do, all the talks that I give and the books that I write have to do with just what you're doing here, just expanding that conversation and inquiring deeper and deeper into really what it means in our practical existence. Oh, so I, I love how you put it so so eloquently, um, just the truth of oneness. It's, it, um, it really, for me, I, I woke into the truth of oneness in 2007 um, by watching a film, <laughs> a quantum physics film, What the Bleep. That mm-hmm. was my awakening. And once I awoke into the truth of oneness, it, did, it, it really does change your life. When you, are, when you understand that, what, the way you describe the waves, um, when you understand that in your heart and in your soul, you, you look at life so differently and you live your life yes. so right. differently. Right, absolutely. Because you know so that everything you're doing, you're doing to yourself. Mm-hmm. And if you forgive, if you attack someone else, you're attacking yourself. If mm-hmm. you forgive someone else, you're forgiving yourself. And so you start living more generously and more lovingly out of self-interest. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. all, all there is is one. <laughs> oh, it is so wonderful. Can, so let's dive right into the new book <laughs> that right. I know is just being released this <clears throat> month. Um, I love the title, Tears to Triumph, The Spiritual Journey from suffering to enlightenment. Uh, just, <laughs> the title just says it all. <laughs> so please share share with our listeners um, all about the new book. Well, we all get sad sometimes. We go through bitter divorces or heartbreaks and a breakup in a relationship or someone who we know or love has died or we go through a professional failure or a financial hardship or we get diagnosed with a disease. These things happen. This this is normal part of life. These these seasons are these dark nights of the soul. And what has happened over the last few years is we have medicalized our human despair. And whereas human suffering and despair have been around forever as long as there has been a human race, all of a sudden it's considered a medical disease. And it's important of course not to not to minimize uh, mental illness. But it's also important not to pathologize normal human suffering. And there is a spectrum of normal human suffering. And Buddha said all life was suffering, um, all human life was suffering, and God sent Moses to rescue the suffering Israelites who were slaves in Egypt, and of course Jesus suffered on the cross. So all the great religious and spiritual traditions speak right to the issue of suffering. Now what's happened in our society is that that we people are taking antidepressants like candy. Um, I'm sure many of your listeners are aware of that. It's everywhere. The over medication of America. Um, it's important, like I said, not to minimize mental illness. But the pain of a divorce is not a mental illness. Grief over the loss of a loved one is not a mental illness. 
uh, upset because of, of, of financial hardship or professional ruin is not it's not a mental illness. And when you treat it like it's a mental illness, you fail to take advantage of the opportunity for spiritual growth. And spiritual growth is not just some lofty ideal. It means our ability to be more conscious human beings, wiser human beings, better human beings, more responsible human beings. If we just numb our pain or distract ourselves from our pain, we are desensitized to it. And if I'm desensitized to my pain, I'm more likely to be desensitized to your pain. And then all manner of horror sets in. And, and that's what's happened in our world. Um, we're, the fact that people look at the world today, the state of the world, whether it's environmental degradation or ISIL or any of the other obvious challenges that we are going through, the fact that we're upset about this doesn't mean that something's wrong with us. The fact that we're upset about it means that we're human, means that the tragic gap between what life could be and what life is moves us deeply. And so I think that the fact that people are sad means sometimes that people are very sensitive to what's happening. And, and I think that there's a real serious problem with taking the word depression and talking about it like it's a disease. This is a story we've been handed. This, the, the psychotherapeutic pharmacological industrial complex has, has taken this word and it's a story. And, you know, the FDA has said that for people 25 years old and younger, the use of antidepressants actually increases rather than decreases suicide risk. And I, I do want to say right here that if any of your listeners are taking antidepressants, please, I'm not suggesting that you go throw them in the trash can. You must be very, very careful. Just like I'm saying, we must be very deeply reflective before getting on antidepressants. You also must be under the guidance of a medical professional in getting off them as well. These are serious drugs, and they're also very addictive. So I, you know, I'm a mother. The idea mm -hmm. that people under 25, I, I don't know about you, my 20s were hard. You know, mm -hmm. 20s are hard, but they're not a mental disorder. And particularly when people who are young are, are put on these things because they're going through the, the rough spots, it, it, it's hard to grow up, you know. Um, I, I think that this is really a, a national conversation that we should be having. And, and it's not just from a spiritual perspective that we're saying don't do that. We're saying do this. You know, and that's what I talk about in my book. What did most, what did, you know, what is the message of the Exodus in terms of human suffering? What's the, the message of suffering in, in Jesus on the cross? What's the message of suffering when Buddha said life is suffering? And most particularly, what is the point of the journey? Because Buddha saw life was suffering, began his journey to enlightenment, which leads to nirvana. Moses rescues the Israelites, which leads to the promised land. Jesus suffers on the cross, the crucifixion, which leads to the resurrection. Those are all the same thing. Enlightenment, nirvana, promised land, um, resurrection, inner peace. This is a spiritual journey. And I know in my, in my life when I have had some very painful times, as most people have, those have been some of the times when I grew. That's when I, when I became more responsible, when I learned that life's not a joke, when I learned how important it is to forgive people, when I learned how important it is to atone for my own mistakes, when I learned how important it is to, to, to have faith and to know that every dark night is followed by a morning. So I think that our, we have taken this cheap yellow smiley face, poured it over everything, like be happy, be happy, be happy, 
And this keeps us immature as people. And I don't Mm -hmm. think this is the time on the planet to be numb. This is not the time to be distracted. It's not the time to be unconscious. It's not the time to be immature. And sometimes the things that we learn during our our difficult moments are the things which make us not that. True. So true. Um, It's so true, everything you say, um, and it's resonating with me um, because I know that I wouldn't be where I am today without going through the hardships. And, and Exactly. And, yeah. And I do And that's exactly, that. you know, everybody mm-hmm. that I've talked to when we have this conversation, I haven't heard one person say otherwise. Mm-hmm. I haven't heard one person say uh, other than what you just said. Uh, you know, one woman was saying uh, what her divorce taught her. And this is, of course, you, neither you nor I, we're not glamorizing our suffering or minimizing the pain. But what you just said, you know, this is where sometimes we learn our biggest lessons. And avoiding the the pain would have been avoiding the gain, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. And I do also believe that from a spiritual um, perspective, we chose these challenges in spirit before we came into this existence. Um, we chose these challenges to elevate us to grow spiritually. Um when we don't remember that part. <laughs> so that's but that's what once I awoken spiritually and understood that, that just made every moment um under more you know, I'm whatever I'm facing, it's like, okay, I chose this. Yeah, so by owning it, that helps me. And I I do say for everybody, it's different. You know, it's uniquely different, everybody's uh, growth. You know, their their path um, is different, but we're still the same. So that's the thing is that we are each uniquely different on on different paths, but that oneness doesn't change that we're we're still interconnected, but um, exactly what you said. Um, it was my from my deepest heartache, which was losing my son about um, a year and a half ago, which inspired me to to start this show. Um, and just the so the the tears to triumph. That is that's me in a nutshell. I want to say. Yeah, it really uh, is. And I my deepest condolences. By the way, I'm so sorry about your son. Thank you, thank you. Um, but I do believe that it was a spiritual contract, the soul, soul agreement, and he and I. That's what got me through. That's what when he initially see it was a it was a, a long process of his illness. When I was first told that he wasn't going to live, which was three years before he passed, before he made his transition, I could not uh, accept that, and I did try right. to take my own life. Um, and I, I experienced a miracle because I didn't leave this earth. I tried to, but I didn't. And he came home with me. He pulled himself off of life support. And the doctors were in amazement. They were, it was a true miracle. And um, so when I experienced that miracle, I, right. I, I said to God, you know what? I can't ever forget this. I don't know right. what's going to happen tomorrow. But right. this miracle here, bringing my son home, right. uh, and I'm coming home after I took a bottle of sleeping pills, I'm coming right. home and he's coming home. 
I said, I'll never, never forget this miracle and never stop thanking God for this miracle. So three years later, so God gave me three more years with my son. And three years later, when he went back into the hospital, I said, thank you, God. I just, I don't know what's going to happen. I want to bring him home again, but I don't know. But I just have to thank you for the miracle that you gave me three years ago and giving me three more years with my son. And I have to believe, I have to live what I believe. I, right. I don't believe that there is any death. I believe that we are spirit, just having a temporary human experience that we are creating. I truly believe that at my core. So if I believe this, I can't fall apart if his soul decides to move on. And and I said that to him in the hospital. You know, the last month of his life I was with him, you know, by his side the whole time. And I, I whispered, he was on life support, but I whispered, if, you know, if you have to go, if this is what your soul needs to do, I'll understand. And, and you know, don't just try to stay here for my sake. But right. I have to. So I was at peace when he made his transition. And... um because I know he's with me. I know he's not gone. I know he's still with me. He's actually with me more now because while he's in spirit, he can be with me always. When he was here in the physical, he was 29 years old. I, you know, he was a grown man. I saw him on Mother's Day, my birthday. You know, yeah, I didn't see him much during when his once he moved out of the house when he was 18. He was living his own life. You know, he wasn't that far. <laughs> we you right. know, we talked on Mother's Day and birthdays, and he called me once in a while say, hey, Ma. But now he's with me all the time, and I know that he is encouraging me in what we're doing now, you know, with the show and the foundation I'm starting in his honor. So this what your your book, The Tears to Triumph, is an example of what I lived. You know, so that is, it's so amazing. So. Well, your story is obviously very profound, and I'm sure you give a lot of enlightenment and inspiration and hope to other people who are going through similar things to what you are. I try. That's what I'm trying to do kind of with this show, just to reach out. Um, it's so wonderful, the technology. <laughs> I can do a show and reach the world from my home office. So I we are we're living in amazing times. So I just have to, to give thanks just every, in every moment. And the, Well, it seems that there is an intensification of darkness and also an intensification of light. There's an intensification of the forces of fear and an mm-hmm. intensification of the forces of love and it almost feels as though it's a it's a race for time at this point. Um, mm-hmm. You see things happening in the world that are obviously very dark, but you also see people more and more uh, expanded in their awareness and embracing spiritual perspectives. And now it seems to me most of the people that I see, it's, it's kind of like a lot of people and enough people are sort of in the right place. We just need to step it up. You know, We just need to meditate more and pray more and forgive more and have more mercy and more compassion because we see what the forces of hate can do and we see the forces of hate on the planet today and and in the most extraordinarily horrifying ways and whereas you know someone like a terrorist organization 
has taken hate and turned it into a political force, we need to turn love into a broad-scale force. We need to to stand on love as the organizing principle for our societies. You know, there's so many things in the world that are problems that simply would not be there if we had taken the care of our children. You know, if, if we if we made as the bottom line for the functioning of most nations of the world that we would do everything possible to take care of our children who are under five years old, to educate our children and to provide educational opportunity for children and economic opportunity for women. If this is where we put our resources, you know, we, we wouldn't have half the problems that we have in the world. But as long as money, you know, rather than love and brotherly unity, oneness, as you said, is, is our bottom line, we will continue to go through what we're going through and we will have the continued problems that we have on an individual basis but also on a collective basis and I think we'd all agree that we can only go so far before these problems would overwhelm us. Mm-hmm. Very true, very true. Um, I don't know if it's because I'm looking for it but I kind of am seeing the shift of you know humanity's consciousness shift more to a unity cooperation, loving um, platform um, paradigm. I, I'm seeing it kind of in all aspects of life. And and I, I say maybe I'm seeing it because I'm looking for that. So, um, Well, it's there, and I think it's important uh-huh. to look at it, and I think it's, it, it's important for us to realize all the ways in which we still have work to do to make mm-hmm. life a more beautiful place. But I think in your case, given what you have been through, it's just so very, very inspiring to hear that you have the capacity to be deeply, uh, deeply positive and deeply joyful and deeply loving after what you have been through. So I'm very admiring of you, and I'm sure that everybody who listens to you feels the same. I kind of think that's kind of why um, to do what I'm doing I think um, that, that that's kind of what Spirit has said to me, that you needed to go through this, kind of like what we were talking about <clears throat> earlier about the, the challenges we go through in life. Um, you needed to go through a certain challenge to get to a, a certain, to, to be able to inspire others to mm-hmm. overcome that pain. How, how would I be able to inspire someone to be able to overcome that pain if I didn't go through that pain myself. I feel the exact same way, and I talk about it quite a lot in the book, the idea that <laughs> that that your own suffering gives you x-ray vision into the suffering of other people, and that that becomes our prayer when we're suffering, that it not be in vain, that we be better people because of it, that we can be of greater service to others. And and I know you know when you are around a heartbroken mother, you have an empathy and an understanding, and that heartbroken mother receives a level of comfort from you that is simply different. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that's everything that you just said, it's exactly I agree, and once again, that's really what the book is about, is that some mystery is going on uh, with heartbreak. You don't just throw a pill at it. Uh, it. It's part of the journey to enlightenment. It's part of the journey to becoming the people that we are capable of being. And I think that that, that is a, needs to be a huge conversation in our society today because of all the people, particularly the young people who are on antidepressants. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you cannot medicalize despair 
and and expect things to continue. You know, nature knows what it's doing. You know, the body has an immune system, and the psyche has an immune system too. The psyche knows how to heal itself. And and look at you, an example. I'm sure that you, you know, you endured an experience that is considered the worst that anyone can go through. But look at you now. Nature has has healed your heart. That doesn't mean that you're ever going to forget or that 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 memory and all of that will not be there, but your your life I assume has grown big enough to contain it. Is that how you'd see it? Yes. 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 Con- contain it and then grow from it. That's right. how I see it. Yes. Right. Well, I think we need to be having that conversation, and that's why I wrote the book and why I think stories like yours are so important, that, that we, we needn't run away from this suffering. And you can't. You know, buffaloes, when they, when they, uh, when they are headed towards a, towards a storm, they just head right into it. You can't run away from it. But right. the things that we learn um, w- during the time of our suffering is sometimes um, the most precious gifts. Yes. They they are actually, and now when anything, because like for me, anything that comes up in any moment, um, I just say to myself that this is whatever it is. It is to to go like you said, go right for it, charge right into it. Don't run away or be fearful um, because that is not gonna it's not gonna trans transform itself when you mm-hmm. actually embrace it and it was right for me it's embrace it with love everything just every moment every person every situation you know it's love to me it's just the answer to to transform it into something beautiful mm-hmm. and to, yeah it's so you know it's so amazing um just when you open up your heart to love like you said instead of fear and and hate and separation, and as you were saying, that the uh, course teaches that the this illusionary world is is it's not. It, there's a the the true reality behind this illusion is the oneness, is the love, really. And so, um, we this experience that we're going through is is temporary. And when you really understand that at a heartfelt level. You live your life differently, I believe. I really do. Um, sometimes people will ask, well, how? <laughs> and I think it's unique. That's why I say it's unique for everybody. But I think what we can do is, that's why I say with this show, I try to inspire others. I don't, you know, all I feel like I can do is inspire another person. I can't really teach them um, I could just point the way, and the, and I can share what worked for me and have them go within and find their own truth. Um, because I, I say that all the time. It's a uniquely individual journey that we ha- are on. And to find the truth for us, for that each person, they have to go within and find that truth. And then bring it out and live it. Yeah. But, yeah. That is, and demonstrate it. The only t- way you can teach is by demonstrating. And we can talk about forgiveness but if we're not forgiving or we can talk about atonement but if we're not atoning so mm-hmm. absolutely that's the order of the day you know the ego mind is so big on monitoring other people's spiritual progress and pointing out <laughs> where other people are getting it wrong but 
like you say, it's all about what we ourselves are able to do. And by allowing ourselves to be inspired by, by love in our lives, we are by definition an inspiration to others. This is so true. This is so true. Well, share a little bit more about your early journey with the Course of Miracles. I know, I remember reading where you had originally picked up the book and you you put it down. This was the first time you picked it up. You were reading it and you're like, ah, this isn't for me and put it down. So share a little bit of that with our, our listeners who may not be familiar. I first saw the Course in Miracles in the 1970s. And it is written with traditional Christian language, although it is not the Christian religion. And I'm I'm Jewish, and I saw the Christian terms, and I just thought that wasn't for me. A year later, I was in such pain, I didn't care what the language was. And then when you read it, it is not a religion. The students of The Course in Miracles come from all religions and no religions. It is about Mm -hmm. forgiveness. It is about learning to relinquish a thought system, uh, based on fear and separation, and to accept instead a thought system based on love and and oneness, and that awareness of our, our oneness is heaven. That's what heaven is. It's a, it's an awareness that we are not separate, and all the things we do in life that posit us as separate are mistakes and lead to pain, and all the things which flow in energy and attitude and behavior, thinking words from a knowledge that we are one and our love for each other it leads to happiness and peace. And I am no different than anyone else. I just find, you know, I always say when I practice what I preach, my life works really well. Um, mm. When I practice these principles, um, I have an entirely different life than I do when I don't practice these principles. And mm-hmm. so I have been giving lectures and I've been writing books and I've been trying my best to become better at all this for um, a lot of years now. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I, I, have the, I have recently um, obtained many, many A Course in Miracles student friends, uh, um, uh, David Dove Fishman, um, I've had um, David Huffmeister on the show, um, Regina Dawn Agers, just uh, so many, and so many of my guests have been, their their inspiration has been A Course in Miracles. So it is an, an amazing book to inspire people to an awakening of the truth, of oneness, and of who we, who we are, um, which is a, a divine aspect of God, you know, that inseparable. You can never be separated. And it's so true what you said about the Course is not a religion. And it, it's not Christianity, even though it has a lot of Christian language. Um, that is so true that um, people, when I first started the show, would ask me, what is this oneness? Is this a new religion? I'm like, no. <laughs> it's, it's, <laughs> it's the opposite of a religion. It's, no, it's definitely not a religion. It's, uh, like you said, uh, people of all walks of life, of all religion, of all backgrounds have found the Course and have... Um, awoken to the truth. It's truly, it's it's universal truth that we're talking about here, which is our oneness and our divinity. And when you understand who you are and that you're connected and all that is, is all that is, and you're an aspect of all that is, it it's just you. You see life and you live life. That's the key, living it. Because 
you can talk it to your blue in the face. <laughs> but if you're not living it, just like you said, if you're not leading by example, it, they're just words. Truly. Well, sometimes it's a lot easier said than done, for instance, forgiving oh, yeah. someone who we feel has hurt us. But it takes a training of the mind to focus mm-hmm. on the innocence in people even when their mistakes have shown up for us. But, you know, when I've made big mistakes in my life, I didn't wake up that morning and say, oh, I think I want to be a jerk today. We get scared and we get confused. And it's like a computer. You don't download your love sometimes. But the love inside you wasn't uncreated in those moments when you didn't express it. It's just what you kept inside you and didn't show. And that's why God loves us no matter what mistakes we make because he knows who we are. And he bases his knowledge of us on who we are, not what we do. And I think that the mercy that emanates from the mind of God is based on that, and that's why he would have us show the same mercy and compassion for others that he shows for us. And also, it's, of course, the same why there is no death, because the Course in Miracles says the spirit cannot die. So not only, you know, you can't uncreate what God created. So the Course in Miracles says the body is like a suit of clothes that we simply take off when... Our being on this planet is no longer the best expression of our soul growth. And whom God hath brought together, no one and nothing, not even death itself, can put asunder. And I'm, I'm sure you feel that with your relationship with your son. True, yes. Yes, I do. Very much so. Um, and I actually, I saw an interesting documentary that real last night that really um, helped me to, like you were talking about forgiveness. And a lot of times I, I understand that it's not, sometimes it feels not easy to forgive when you feel offended and hurt. Um, but the, the show is about um, babies in a um, nursery or in a newborn nursery. Um, all the, just imagine looking at all these babies. They're just all different. They're all beautiful. I mean, there's not one that you can say you don't love. You know, right. and and when when you look at so I said you know what I could try to look at mankind like that like everyone is just a newborn baby, and um, I can't help but love a newborn baby. Is that's know, exactly so. right, and that's how God looks on all of us. To uh-huh. to Him, that is exactly what we are because what newborn babies are showing is the the essence, the truth that they have not yet strayed from because they've not yet been trained into the mental lies of the world, right? Mhm. Yes. So true. So true. So I, I, I just kind of formed that image in my mind last night. I said, you know what? That's how I can look on everyone. Just look at them as okay, they're a newborn baby, and just love them. Just love them for who they are, um, and know, and, and and always remember that they are a part of me. So whatever I'm thinking, if I'm judging them, or attacking them, or thinking bad thoughts about them. I'm doing that to myself. So that 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 was just an interesting. Uh, I fell asleep on the documentary. It was uh, I can't even remember the name of it, but it was just talking about how um, science used to think that newborn babies were a blank slate, and now they're discovering that newborn babies are not a blank slate. <laughs> so right. Just, yeah. And that all of us are coded, just like an acorn is coded already to become an oak tree and an embryo is coded to become a baby and a a bud is coded to become a blossom. Each and every one of us are coded for the most glorious destiny 
and the highest creative manifestation. And when we pray and when we meditate, when we reconnect, however we reconnect with spirit, we we download that coding, that 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 guidance system that will lead us in the direction of all things good and beautiful. Yes, so true. That is so true. Yes, it, and it, if I believe that too, when we tap into our higher self, our soul, however it works, meditation, whatever, going to a lake. I love to sit by the lake and, and meditate and just take in nature. That's where I really feel connected. But when we listen, just quiet our mind and listen to what soul soul is guiding us to do, um, That is that's how we get to... Uh, follow our blueprint, like you said, we're encoded. We we come here with a roadmap. We don't always stay on that roadmap, but spirit is always nudging us to stay on the path that we design for the reason there, we came. There's uh-huh. a, in the Talmud, the Jewish Book of Wisdom, it says that over every blade of grass, there is an angel bent over, whispering, "Grow, grow, grow." I love that. Yeah, that's beautiful. That's so mm-hmm. beautiful. And that's so, so true that we do have so many in in spirit. Uh, we have spirit guides. We have angels. We have, you know, so many in spirit that are just there nudging us on to be what we came to be. That is it's, it's to remember that we're never alone. You know, um, we always are surrounded with loving guides to guide us. And sometimes, like we, we were talking, we're talking about pain, you know. And sometimes the pain blinds us to to that truth. But right. if we take, you know, if we take a minute to remember that truth, even in our darkest moments. And I know, you know, I I had to do that. I I had to do that when eventually my son did make his transition. I had to remember the truth of who I am, and who you know that he and I we we made that soul agreement before we came into he he told me what to name him before he was born uh I could not think I knew what I was having a boy and I could not think of what to name him and the name Kyle came to me in a in a dream and I knew it was him telling me what to name him and the name Kyle stands for keep your light expanding because I'm, wow. I'm starting a yeah, I'm keeping. I'm starting a foundation in his memory called the Kyle Foundation. But the Kyle oh. stands for Keep Your Light Expanding. Yes, that's very, very beautiful. Yeah, that's very, very beautiful. Yeah. So I do believe that our our suffering, our pain, is for a purpose. There's no pain, no suffering is does not have a reason behind it. Have well, and that's pain. what we get to decide. If we, if right. you know, it's our choice. If you choose to see, you know, the philosopher Nietzsche said, "To live is to suffer. To survive is to find meaning in the experience." You know, mm-hmm. if if you just see suffering as some random episode with no higher meaning or purpose, then you never get over the torment. Mm-hmm. And if you see see it within the larger meaning of uh, of expanding our capacity to love and to appreciate life and to know that life goes on then as you yourself would know, it's not that you don't go through the deep sadness, but the barbed wire that is otherwise around your heart is taken away. Wouldn't you say? Yes, yes, 
Yes. Like I love the uh, the passage that you have here on your website. It says it's a spiritual perspective does not deny your pain or or any sorry, it's small font or any aspect of you the human experience. It simply denies its power over you. I love right. that. Yes. Right. You know, it's going back to the issue of forgiveness. If I focus on what you did to me, then to that extent I will be experience myself at the effect of what you did to me. But if mm-hmm. I focus, if I extend my perception beyond your mistake to your innocence, then I'm not as affected by your mistake. I can't mm-hmm. be betrayed. I can't be hurt by something I don't accord reality. Mm-hmm. And that's why shifting from 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 a soul focus on the things of this world to the focus on the infinite love that lies beyond this world puts us in relationship to those things beyond this world that are miraculous and we can be happy and we can be at peace and we're not so tormented by by the things that make us suffer in this living on this mortal plane. That's so true. That's tr- so true. The attachment to it. Letting go of the attachment of the things of this world, as you said. And um and when you when you don't attach to those and you you really look for the the deeper meaning of why you're here of who you are those deeper meanings and when you discover them and you truly embrace those meanings and i say it's an individual basis um when you truly look within and embrace it and then live your life from that perspective it the suffering doesn't take a hold of you. It, it, you can, you don't have to attach yourself to it, and and you grow from it. You know, and it's actually that's why it happens for you to grow for it from it, which is an amazing truth. It's an amazing truth. So it's so this your book is so timely. The the tears to triumph. It's something I would definitely recommend everybody who is going through any kind of Trauma, like you said, the loss of a loved one, a divorce, something that they're really struggling with. Um, I know that just reading your book will inspire them to look within and look for those answers and maybe alleviate, you know, look past the, the pain to the reason you had the pain, you know, the reason you had that lesson because all of our lessons, we chose for a reason. So I, I always like, like I said, I always own it. I don't blame it, not blame anyone for whatever pain I'm going through. It's it's something I own. And don't turn it around. It's like, oh, someone did so-and-so, so let me blame them. Like you said, the forgiveness. And truly, forgiveness starts from within. That's true, too. We have to We have to forgive ourselves so we can forgive others. Well, sometimes, you know, that's the hardest one, isn't it? The ego mind really doesn't matter uh, who you're attacking. Sometimes you say, I refuse to attack my brother, I refuse to uh, focus on the guilt in someone else, and then the ego mind says, that's fine, it's your fault, you were the bad one. You know, the ego (laughs) both sets you up to do the wrong thing and then punishes you savagely for having done it. Uh, In Mm. Catholicism, that's why there's uh, confession, and in Judaism... (laughs) Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement, is the holiest day of the year. 
And in Alcoholics Anonymous, you take a fearless moral inventory and admit the exact nature of your wrongs. You know, atonement is is a very powerful cosmic reset button where you admit the exact nature of what you did wrong. You make amends. You make apologies. And then the universe, you know, the universe is infinitely merciful. And you have the opportunity to grow and to, to do better next time and to, to go forward. But until we atone for our mistakes, we will just keep reenacting them. Mm-hmm. Very true. And, and so when we atone, we also have to turn that forgiveness. Like we know God will forgive us, so we also have to forgive us. Yeah, um, God himself never judged us. And right. as we That's as we it. seek to look at ourselves the way He did, which is based on who we are, and our He doesn't see us as a, as a guilty sinner to punish. He sees us as someone who made a mistake that He wants to correct. And there's a big difference. Mm-hmm. One is led by wrath, and one is led by mercy. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Right. I I went to Catholic school for about six years when I was in elementary school, and had religion every day, and it just never the what the Catholic religion was teaching me, I had so many questions, and it just, it's like, it doesn't resonate with me. Yeah, I didn't know that word at five and six years old. <laughs> and I was raised not to ask questions. And uh, my father said, a child is to be seen and not heard. So I'm here getting taught all this stuff from Catholicism, and I'm like, not. That doesn't sound right to me <laughs> at five and six years old, but I can't, couldn't vocalize it. I just have, had to, okay. So that's why I think I started at a very young age really seeking my own truth because I, I just wasn't resonating what, what what was being taught in church. Right. Um, and so I think I started at a very young age reading metaphysical books. I struggled with them, but I, I said, you know, I needed to, I wanted, I was searching for that answer, a deeper answer, a deeper meaning for life of why, you know, what life is all about. And I just, the church just wasn't giving me those answers. So, and I think a lot of people feel that way um, and start, that's why they start seeking for their own deeper meaning, like like you did. <laughs> and then you found the book, uh, A Course in Miracles, so. That is, it's so true. So, um, I, for me, I always say I don't understand. Ah, I guess for me, it's simple. Once I awoke into the truth, oneness, for me, everything became so simple. And I say a lot of times, I don't understand how other people don't get it. I think the world should, the whole world should know this, should understand this. But, uh, Everybody. Well, everybody has our own trials and tribulations and our own door in and our own, what the Course in Miracles we call, highly individualized curriculum. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, everybody goes through, as you were saying before, the lessons that are perfect for us that show us the gap between ourselves and our own enlightened potential. And with every situation, we have the opportunity to rise to the occasion and close the gap. And like I said before, it's a lot easier said than done. You know, we all stumble and fall sometimes. And I think that the, making allowance for the times when we stumble and fall is part of the meaning of the journey. We don't all get it right all the time, do we? No, none of us. <laughs> we all fall down. <laughs> it just reminded me of a song. 
Um, How long have you had your podcast? Um, a year and a half, uh, not even a year and a half now. I started, my first show was in March of 2015. So it's been a little over a year. And how often do you do it? Uh, weekly. Weekly. Wow. Yes, yes. I was inspired, I can tell you the date. I'm good at dates. I was inspired January 7th, 2015. Spirit just told me in the middle of the night, 1.30, A.M., just do it. That is what Spirit said. And what the just do it was to start my own talk radio show, Internet talk radio show, and to start the Kyle Foundation. Um, And at that time, I probably had maybe $250 in my bank account (laughs) and had no idea how to do either. I had no idea how to start a a radio show, Internet talk radio show, or a nonprofit foundation. Um, I got up out the bed, Googled, okay, how do I? <laughs> and uh, I just discovered Blog Talk Radio, um, and I, um, the Kyle Foundation is now incorporated. So my next step is to apply for the 501c3 um, status. But um, with less, in, in less than two years, I, you know, have um, been able to to at least take the first step. That that uh, spirit said, "Do it," and I I didn't argue. I just said, "Okay," <laughs> and I took the first step. And I, I encourage everybody, whatever is in their heart, whatever that whatever spirit is leading you to do, because we will think of every reason under the sun not to follow spirit's guidance, you know, and um, because it was like, okay, I don't have the resources, I don't have the money, I don't have this, I don't have that. Our ego mind, (laughs) our ego mind will put all these blocks, roadblocks in our way, and we don't follow what's in our heart. But when we follow what's in our heart, you just take the first step. You don't have to see the end of the road. You don't have to know where that first step is leading you. You just take that first step. And you know, we all know when spirit is, is, is guiding us. I, I truly do believe that. But I believe a lot of us will just argue with spirit and say, I can't do it. You know? <laughs> so that's that. And, and it's been amazing. I've met so many. I've had amazing guests. I am so thankful and so honored for all of my guests. I've had um, guests in the science field and spirituality. Um, I'm going to have an artist, actually, um, on the show next week, Um, a young artist that just, I love having people on the show who are walking their truth and living their truth and following their passion and making such a difference in their lives and touching others by following their passion. So that it's just all I can say is that it it definitely is an amazing journey when you start walking in spirit. And you never will know. Most people will say, I don't know where that's going to lead me. You're not going to know. That's the thing. You're not going to know, but you know that when you're walking in spirit, it's going to be good. <laughs> Trust me, it will be good. That is well, well, you give a lot of inspiration to a lot of people, I can tell. 
Oh, thank you. And you do, too. You you give so much inspiration. I want you to share with our listeners what's coming up for you um, in the near future. Because I know you... Well, with you, this... With this book coming out, that's kind of a big deal when you have a new book coming out and talking to people, particularly with this this really epidemic of over-medication that we have in the society today, really having a broader conversation about uh, about our suffering and about how to forgive and uh, meditation and, and prayer and atonement and the, these risks when you have, like I said, for people under 25, that there's an increase in the risk of suicidal ideation. So mm-hmm. I'm talking to a lot of people about this issue because I think it's extremely important. And I uh, lecture in New York City every Wednesday night, and people can uh, watch them free on live stream. People can go to mm-hmm. Marianne.com and have online courses and all kinds of things like that. So anybody who is interested in my work can go to Marianne.com and check it out and um, see the, you know, I write and I talk about relationships and about work and money and career and health and all kinds of things. Yes. And I guess I've read um, Return to Love. I read right. that book about oh, about six months ago. And mm-hmm. I was just, ah, oh, I love it. It's just Return to Love. It's just so true. It's I would say love is the answer. It's the key. And starting again with self-love, self-forgiveness, all of that starts within. You know, you got to do that work within um, really loving yourself, forgiving yourself. And then it, it becomes easier to love and forgive others. But I, I also say if you don't do that, if you don't take that first step to love yourself and forgive yourself, you can't truly love and forgive others, you know, because it has to come from within you. And if you're holding animosity towards yourself and you don't love yourself and you've got all this negative dialogue about self, imagine what you're going to say and do to others. So, so it's a And any time we bring our thoughts of guilt towards another person, blame, attack, focus on their guilt into the present, we're going mm-hmm. to recreate it in the future. And that's why you know the term born again. Of course, the mm-hmm. miracle says that means any moment that you go into the present without bringing the past with you. You know, the, the ego mind is like a scavenger dog, wants to remind people what they did wrong, never wants anybody to forget this mistake that you made. And it really takes mental training. It's a, it's a training process to, to, to focus, to focus on what people did right rather than what people did wrong. Mm. And if I can't focus on what you did right, then I can't focus on what I did right. And this mm. is why we're, all, we're always in attack and defense mode, attack and defense and attack and defense. So, so I think, as, as you were saying before, there is a shift. I think people are trying to live from a better place, a bigger place, and slowly maybe, but, but surely I think we're all moving into an era of greater love and compassion, and God knows we need it because there's some serious, serious problems in the world today. Mm-hmm. So true. And like you said, the present, the present moment, and I know the Course teaches this, the present moment is truly all there is. Yes, you can't touch the past. The past is only yeah. in your mind, and the future is only in your mind. 
Mm-hmm. And you know the the we, the ego mind is always obsessed with the past or obsessed about the future, because it doesn't want us to exist in the present. Because the present is where the miracle is. If I bring mm. the past into the into the present, I'm just going to recreate a future just like it. But yeah. if I I live in the present, really open to the possibility of a new beginning, then a new beginning can happen. That's but so I I have to be willing to focus my mind on that. So yes. so it's it's um. It it takes practice, you know. You do physical exercise to train your physical muscles, and you t- and you do spiritual exercise to train your spiritual muscles. Um, and it's the same kind of work. You're countering gravity. In physical muscles, you're countering uh, physical gravity. And when you practice your spiritual muscles through meditation, through prayer, through serious spiritual practice, you're training your attitudinal muscles because we all reactively go into anger and we reactively go into defensiveness. And we we were taught that mindset from the time we were children. Mm-hmm. You know, so we we get to an age where, uh, by a very early age, we, we it, it's natural thinking, which is loving thinking, feels unnatural, and unnatural or um, uh, unkind, unloving thinking feels more natural to us. So, we are all in the process of of learning. The Course in Miracles says it's not up to you what you learn; it's merely up to you whether you learn through joy or through pain. So every every circumstance in life gives us the opportunity to rise to the occasion and to be more open-hearted. And if we don't, life doesn't work. We will go through the pain of having made a mistake and all of the attendant consequences. And ultimately, sometimes slowly but definitely surely, we learn that the ways of forgiveness and the ways of love really are the ways that work. And now the whole human race needs to needs to realize it, and that's a whole other story, right? Mm-hmm. Well, one at a time. I think uh, I believe that we are awakening to this truth, the truth of oneness, and the truth of being present in the now, because that's that's a very important aspect of living um, aware in each moment. Like you said, the past is gone. The future hasn't gotten here. All we have and is it, the now. Right. <laughs> yes, and and in this now moment, you know, take a breath. That's what I do. I I take a breath and I remember who I am, and in every now moment, and whatever I perceive might be an attack, I don't have to take it on as attack. I I know that whatever is coming to me is just a reflection. I look at the world as a reflection, as a mirror. So what's coming to me? There's something inside of me. I need to deal with still then, okay? I'm not going to take that on as an attack. I'm going to, whatever's coming my way, I'm going to return love. I'm going to be loving in this now moment. And that usually, usually that, that usually um, changes the situation on a dime. It just turns it around. Mm-hmm. If someone is coming at you and you're not coming back at them, they stop in their tracks. They're like, huh? You know, like, so it's you. You have control in that now moment, but that's where your point of power is in that now moment. You can you can change the whole situation around, and just you know reflect love, send love, and just in the be course in miracles there is um, an expression, the holy instant, and it's mm. what you were saying that moment when you truly allow yourself to be present which the ego mind doesn't want. The ego mind wants to just focus on what happened the moment before or what we want to have happen in the future. So we Mm -hmm. never get to experience the miracle. 
And God's time or eternity only intersects linear time at one moment, and that is the present. So Mm -hmm. just it's not that what we're talking about is difficult. It's that what you and I are talking about is different. And that's why it takes just a mental training. It's just a different way of living. It's it's, it's not hard. What's hard is getting over our resistance to doing it. Mm. But of itself, it's, it's just a different way. It's just a different mental filter. Mm-hmm. And if you think about it, if you think about it just in each moment, okay, just in this now moment, I want to mm-hmm. be present. Okay? Right. That's all. Just just take this one moment. Right. I'm going to be present. I'm going to be aware. aware. I'm going to be loving in this moment. Right. It's like in AA, they say one day at a time. And in spiritual practice, it really is what you're saying, one instant at a time. And none of us get it perfect all the time, you know. Sometimes right. it's like, I got it wrong the last moment, I can get it right now, you know. It's, exactly. Um, <laughs> that last moment is gone, okay. So that's now right, it's the last new, moment is gone. Yes, it's yeah. a new moment. Mm-hmm. That's why... So Professional athletes are so interesting to watch because when they make a mistake, they can't afford to, you know, if you make a mistake in your tennis game, you can't afford to start screaming about it. You have that next play you have to do, and you can't afford the point zero 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 percent of a second that it would take to be upset about the mistake you made in the last moment. Exactly. So true. And like you said, if we think about it that way, it's not difficult. We just take it one moment at a time. And I say it all the time. People say one day at a time. I say, no, you take it one moment at Mm -hmm. a time. Mm -hmm. So, so true. Thank you so, so much. I am so honored. Well, thank you so much for having me on your podcast. Thank you. It was an honor to be here and to hear your story. Thank you so much. Thank you, Marianne. I am so honored and I'm so appreciative. And words, sometimes I cannot find the words to thank my guests. They're just amazing and doing such wonderful, inspirational things. And and I just keep blessing you and continue on and love to have you back again, you know. Sounds really good. Thank you so very much. God bless. Thank you. You have a wonderful weekend. Bye-bye. You too. Okay.